Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Layovers Podcast. We are on our last episode for July, which is kind of wild to think about. Where has the time gone, y'all? We have a very special episode 13 featuring our producer, Courtney. And of course, I'm biased, so I absolutely love the story. And I obviously hope you all do as much as I do. In episode 13, Courtney tells a story about the lifelong arduous process of unlearning society's views and expectations surrounding manhood. I hope you all enjoy the last episode for July, episode 13, A Good Man. Maybe it was that time, around 14, when a few of my friends who'd recently lost their virginity hyperactively recounted their first assisted orgasm, reveling in this new level of manhood they had finally reached and felt compelled to share with me. Nah, that's not it. It could have been that time at a family barbecue when I was around 16, and my older cousin was showing us pictures of the women he was dating, even though he had a wife who was fixing his plate. Yeah, nah. I'm tripping, I'm tripping. It had to be that time when I was pledging my fraternity and an older brother asked me if I quote unquote fuck hoes. Honestly, I was shook. Unfortunately, not because of his language, but as a 20 year old kid, I admittedly didn't want to give what I perceived to be as the wrong answer. While being only mildly annoyed at his word selection, when I answered, yes, I hang out with girls, he proceeded to ask me if I was gay because I didn't say I fuck hoes. Yeah, he was that type of dude. I have to go back further. It has to be when I was around 12 and my mother and father had broken up or been breaking up and I learned my first real lessons about the power of a man and his word. My father had turned simple phrases like I'll see you this weekend into a wasteland of empty words and false promises. I wouldn't see or really speak to him for another 22 years. But I remember telling myself at the age of 12 that I wasn't going to be sad about him not being around. I wouldn't cry about it because I had to be tough because I was a man and men are tough, right? Like so many young boys, I grew up trying to figure out manhood, even though I didn't realize that's what I was doing. With my father absent, who would I imitate? Who would teach me the ways? Who do any of us consciously or unconsciously model ourselves after? More often than not, it's the people around us. So I chose my Uncle Bill. He was smooth. He was just a cool dude. Uncle Bill always had a toothpick in his mouth, a watch on his wrist, and a dollar in his hand for me and my cousins. He was generous and kind and one of my favorite uncles. So, of course, I can be like him. A man should be generous, right? You have to be a baller, right? Or my Uncle Tony, he was tough. He'd been to jail a few times, he knew the streets, and he didn't take any shit. Okay, you, you can't let anyone play you. A man can't take any shit, right? Maybe my cousin that I mentioned earlier, he had all the girls. It seemed like he had a new one every week, and word in the family was that his wife would catch him sometimes and give him hell. Don't tell anyone I told you that. But he was a player, and you have to be a player. I mean, the more women you have, the more of a man you are, right? At that age, I had no clue what manhood was. And as I've gotten older, it's become clear to me that most men don't. We are taught that anger is okay, but tears are not. That ego will move us forward more than humility. That strength cannot share the same space with gentleness. That a man is supposed to sow his wild oats with as many women as possible and then eventually settle down and become the head of his house so that he can sit at the head of the table and get the big piece of chicken. Most, if not all of your favorite men were taught this. Some of your favorite men still think this way. It doesn't matter the background, the education level, the income, religious belief, or family dynamic. 
From the most civilized man amongst us to the biggest fuckboy you know, from an early age we are shown in one way or another that these behaviors are a part of our path as men. That it's just what boys do because, you know, boys will be boys. I'm not complaining, and I'm not intending to make it seem like we have it hard. I usually and actually think the opposite. In so many ways, it's easy to be a man, but it can be hard to be a good one. My mother was and is genuinely just a great woman, a great person. She taught me so many of the skills that in my adult life have made me a well-rounded human. She taught me about love. She taught me about empathy, about compassion, respect for women, for people. She told me to have integrity and to stand up for myself. She gave me books to read and gave me a love for words, but the lessons from a loving mother are always put to the test when the rites of passage from boyhood to manhood begins. When I left for college at 18, I felt like I was 10 feet tall. My high school diploma told the world that I was a grown man, and I knew that come the fall, I would be a basketball star on my college team. That first fall scrimmage was a rude awakening. I got dunked on hard. I'm talking like knees to the face. The game was faster. The players were bigger. And I remember realizing that I was playing against grown-ass men, and it was different. My dreams of being a star freshman quickly went out the window. But I was still on the team. I remember the attention we got from students, the status. Even at a smaller school, there were women that cared that you were on the team. I think now's a great time to mention that my ex-girlfriend, who was a year older than me, also attended the same school. During college applications, she and basketball had been a huge factor in my school of choice. Although we had broken up at the end of the summer before classes started, I was a quick study in the art of ambiguity and mixed signals. I learned what to do and what to say to make her still feel loved and wanted, but at the same time making it confusingly clear that I was single and could do what I want. Sure, some of it was youth. Some of it was the culture of being both a male and an athlete, but a lot of it had to do with the choices that I made. One choice had been to drink too much Captain Morgan's and drunkenly make out with a girl at a party on campus. It's been 17 years since that night, 17 years, and I can still remember looking up from that terrible drunken kiss and seeing two eyes locked onto me like laser beams, tears welling up, a deep hurt carved out of a dark hollow in me as I saw the look of pain spread across my ex's face as she took a mental snapshot of the entanglement my new friend and I found ourselves in. I've often thought about the lessons I learned growing up around so many women, how comfortable I've been around women my entire life. I've had a front row seat to their stories, their strength, their sacrifice, and their pain. Generations of women in my family have carried us through struggle and strife. And on the flip side, I've also thought about the mistakes I've made because of the conversations I didn't get to have with other men growing up. It's easy for a lot of men to think that being nice is enough, that being different from the men that hurt the women you love is enough, but it isn't. I wonder if some uncle, cousin, or coach had expressed a different set of values, would I have been able to clearly express my feelings to my ex at the time? Could I have been mature enough to set boundaries and manage expectations well enough to avoid putting that look on her face and having it burned into my psyche? Probably not. I wish I could say that that was the last time I hurt her that year. It wasn't. I wish I could say I quickly matured emotionally and mentally. I didn't. 
I would transfer schools to the Midwest, join a fraternity, become a leader on campus, and for a large part of my 20s, live under the illusion that being a good guy, making money, and being successful was what manhood was about. It's hard to say when the pivot started for me. I do know that a quarter-life crisis at 25 contributed to a shift. Finding myself out of school, broke as hell, with no job or prospects, forced me to start asking myself some very real questions about who I thought I was versus who my actions showed me to be. But I still wasn't ready. While working myself out of that very dark place, I clinged onto an unhealthy relationship with my college girlfriend. We were volatile. We had temporary blissful streaks consistently disrupted by misdeeds on both sides. Growing from young 20-somethings to grown-ups, back and forth we would go, playing a start-and-stop game, and although my gut knew the truth, my ego told me that I was supposed to win. But win what? I, to this day, have no fucking clue. But it seemed like we had to be together, and that we had been together for so long, had had so many ups and downs that our story would naturally end in marriage. And being around men that talked about the 80-20 rule and complained about their old ball and chain and casually mentioned their side chicks while smoking bad cigars had given me a very skewed perception of what a healthy relationship was capable of looking like and the part that I would have to play in making it healthy. There was a particular phrase that became familiar to me. Women have to let a man be a man. To be honest with you, I fucking hate that phrase. I think it's a line used to excuse men of all ages of the childish bullshit that we do, especially in regards to women. After a few more years, some couples counseling, some time apart, some time back together, and a horrific final breakup that ended up with a broken phone and left me homeless, jobless, and carless in the span of a week at the age of 29, I think I finally came to terms with the reckoning necessary to address the patterns of behavior and thought that I, as a man, had been taught were okay, but finally knew weren't. Time has passed, and I've had space to grow, to mature, to meet people from all types of backgrounds, to travel the world, and come to very real conclusions that there is a lot of shit that men have to unlearn. We've normalized behaviors that lead us to living lives of quiet desperation, and so here are a few lessons I think more men need to hear. Holding in your emotions and not using your words is not okay or helpful. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to say you're sad. It's okay to admit your feelings are hurt. You don't own your partner. Learn to forgive. Learn to give good hugs. Be kind when you don't feel like it. Learn what it means to be emotionally supportive. Empathy is a superpower. Ego is not your friend. Intimacy is not the same as sex. Learn to listen, really listen, value partnership, be present, be present. You'll never be cool because of the number of sexual partners you have. Please stop talking about it. Tell people you love them often. Tell people you appreciate them often. Everyone encounters loss. Life is not meant to be lived alone. Don't lie to yourself about yourself. And true strength can only be found by being vulnerable. At 34, three weeks before my wedding, I found myself in Atlanta. 
I anxiously picked up the phone and called the man I had not seen in 22 years from an unlisted number. He picked up. I identified myself as his son, asked him what he was doing, and said we should meet for breakfast. I could tell he was a little shook and caught off guard, but he said yes. Thirty minutes later, I was sitting at an outdoor patio staring into a face that looked like an older version of mine. We talked for 10 hours that day. I missed my flight back home, sitting and talking with a father who had left a boy and was now speaking with a man. We talked about his life, his family, his relationships. We talked about my life, my family, my relationships. I told him I wasn't mad, that I was the man I am today because of everything I had been through. I told him I was grateful to be a whole person and that we had a chance to build a relationship, not just for the two of us, but for my future children his grandkids. I told him I wanted him to meet my wife. At times, he teared up. He thanked me for my kindness, told me I was wise beyond my years, and seemed to both marvel and convey guilt at the man I had become in his absence. We bonded in those 10 hours, and at one point he asked me, how did you get like this? How did you grow into this man? I laughed and said, I have this thing I say to my mentees, It's easy to be a man, it's hard to be a good one, and I'm doing my best to be a good one. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 13 of the Layovers podcast. You can find more from Courtney at Courtneyisms, that's C-O-R-T-N-E-Y-I-S-M-S, both on Twitter and Instagram. As always, thank you so much for listening. Every single share, every reply to an email, every subscribe means so much to us. And if you haven't already, go to thelayover.com to subscribe and join our email list as well. We have so many great things up the pipeline and we can't wait to share with all of you. August theme will be announced this Sunday. Until then, we'll see you next week.